Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Football Extra Points on our sports radio. Thanks for joining me tonight. I'm your host, Scott King, creator of FootballExtraPoints.com, part of the Yard Barker Network. Tonight's show, we're going to be continuing our conversation about the NFL's offseason. Uh, I think today would be classified as the day of the quarterback in the offseason, so got a lot to talk about there. Um, if you'd like to join the conversation, you can call in any time. The number is 323-927-2906. And we're going to go ahead and just jump right into it this evening. Uh, a lot of moves today and, and in the last week regarding the quarterback position. Just want to recap those. Uh, some of the big big news from today. Uh, Matt Flynn, uh, former Packers quarterback, former Seahawks quarterback, was traded today to the Oakland Raiders. Uh, so that's a that's a big move there at the top of the draft for the Raiders. Uh, they've been struggling with their quarterback situation now for about 10 years, ever since they had Rich Gannon. So they've now uh, traded for Matt Flynn. They still have Carson Palmer on the roster. They still have uh, Trell Pryor on the roster. So it's interesting to see what they're going to do there. Um, I actually like Matt Flynn. I think he has the ability to to play quarterback in the league. Unfortunately, I think Oakland is a bit of a, a literally a black hole for uh, talent these days, so it'll be interesting to see what he can do. Um, but that moves uh, him down there to Oakland, puts Palmer on the market. You know, word is that he's going to be going to Arizona uh, to take care of their quarterback situation. The Cardinals released John Skelton today. So we've got a lot of these moving pieces and parts moving around, uh, affecting the top end of the draft. Last week we had Kevin Cobb going to the Bills, take care of their draft or their quarterback situation, and they're sitting there at the at the seventh slot. Or I'm sorry, the Bills are at the eighth slot. The Cardinals are at the seventh slot. Um, we've got Cole McCoy today traded to the 49ers. I think that's a good move for the 49ers and for Cole McCoy. Uh, I actually like Colt McCoy as a quarterback. I think he's got uh, enough talent to be a, a mid-level to slightly below mid-level starter in the league. I think going to San Francisco is going to give him a chance to learn under John Harb or uh, Jim Harbaugh. I got the Harbaugh boys mixed up, um, but learn under Jim, who proved with Alex Smith that he can develop a quarterback. So um, I think that's good for him. And it's hard to say, you know, Kaepernick running that offense that he runs, uh, Colt may get an opportunity to, to play. And uh, then we had Jason Campbell signed uh, last week with the Browns to kind of fill their backup role and, and put Colt on the market. So 
that's a lot of activity for the quarterbacks. You've got guys shifting around, guys moving around. What does all that mean um, for the rest of the league? Well, if you look at the top end of the draft, Arizona and Buffalo had absolute, urgent, glaring quarterback needs. Buffalo went out and signed Cobb. We'll see what he can do. He looked good in, in Philadelphia in a backup role. Wasn't able to get it done in Arizona. Now he goes out to Buffalo. You know, can he can he resurrect his career there? Arizona, we're going to go ahead and just assume at this point that Palmer is going to land there. So that kind of leaves Geno Smith out out in the cold, um, even uh, possibly a Matt Barkley. Uh, some of these other guys, you've heard their names floating around. And that really says a lot to uh, to me that these guys just don't have um, the, the uh, talent to be a, a first-round top-end quarterback. You know, if the league was convinced Geno Smith was uh, a camp-miss prospect, he'd be drafted in the top end of the round. And you've got Oakland at three, Kansas City at one, Oakland at three, Cleveland at six, Arizona at seven, Buffalo at eight, all making moves in their quarterback situation um, to make sure that they've got it covered and not going the the way of the draft to get their quarterback. And I think that's huge. I think that's, uh, you know, not a very positive sign there for Geno Smith. So um, we'll see where he lands. And then you've got other teams out there, especially at the top end of the quarterback, who, in my mind, still have question marks at the quarterback position. You've got Jacksonville at two. Blaine Gabbert, I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. Didn't see him as one coming out of Missouri. Not not sold on him. Uh, you've got Philadelphia. You know, what are they going to do? They've got uh, Michael Vick there in, in sort of a lame duck situation. You've got Nick Foles, who was um, – who is Andy Reid's guy? Who's now there? What what can he do? What can he do in Chip Kelly's offense? Um, let's see who else we have. The New York Jets at nine. I mean, their quarterback situation is is just a complete joke. Um, Jake Locker and uh, Tennessee at ten. You know, I, Jake Locker shown some flashes. Not really sold on him coming out of Washington. So we'll see where he ends up. You got uh, Ryan Tannehill at twelve. Miami, some question marks still on his development. You know, as you go down this list, there's so many places with question marks. You know, I look down at the bottom half of the draft there, Minnesota. Christian Ponder looked good last year at times, but he had Adrian Peterson at quarterback and, and Percy Harvin at wide receiver. Well, Harvin's gone. They did pick up Greg Jennings. You know, what can Adrian Peterson do again this year? Can he continue on this kind of streak? It's you know, it's hard to say. It's hard to know what's going to happen um, with him. So there's, um, you know, there's a lot going on in the draft and uh, in the league with quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, we'll just have to see what we, what, what we say. So uh, uh, we've got, uh looks like we've got a caller on the line who wants to join the conversation about quarterbacks. Uh, hello there. This is Corey or Scott? Hey, yeah, hey Corey. Hey Scott, how you doing? Great. How's it going? Not too bad. Uh, I, you know, I'm a Vikings fan. I'm not worried about Ponder at all. I, okay. I, I get 
I, I get that he had Adrian Peterson, and he doesn't have to work that hard. Uh, he might have to work harder in this coming year based on you know an article I wrote earlier about the new helmet rule. We're going to see how that plays out. But when you look at Ponder's statistics, yeah, he's a middle-of-the-road quarterback, but ultimately, if you look at the statistics, Drew Brees and Tony Romo led the league in interceptions. As far as completion percentage goes, he was ahead of Eli Manning, Stafford, Joe Flacco, Cutler, Sam Bradford. If you take quarterback rating into account, he was ahead of Roethlisberger, uh, RG3, Cutler, Russell Wilson, Michael Vick. He's serviceable for the Vikings, uh, and there's nobody out there. We're not going to get Aaron Rodgers. We're not going to get Tom Brady. So what else are the Vikings supposed to do? Right. Yeah, especially with this draft this season, you know, I, I was just going through kind of the top end of the draft and and uh, what quarterbacks are out there. And you've got the Tony Romo just signed this extension with Dallas. Uh, seems like it's sort of a, a yeah. <laughs> seems like it's a a weak a weak quarterback situation in the league. And yeah, if it's not Christian Ponder, who's who's it going to be? You know, Jason right. Campbell. Geno Smith. Uh, well, we think Matt Castle, um, but uh, he had the one good year at New England, and then once he went to Kansas City, just dropped off. So I, I think he's a serviceable backup for sure. I did like Joe Webb, but that he was horrible in the playoff game. So, <laughs> yeah. So I... I mean, maybe they switched Joe Webb over to a receiver, which is what he was in college. So, but, you know, without the the knock on Christian Ponder, I, I just don't see it. I, I, I think that he's a top 15 quarterback when you look at all the other quarterbacks in the league, who you mentioned in your opening run lock, uh, Gabbert. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's definitely some some poor quarterback play. I mean, you go through. I mean, I yeah, I made it through about about half the league there. But you know, Miami, Tampa. Um, you, you know, I, I guess. Uh, um, I, I, don't, I lost his name I, down there in Tampa, but he, he's you know kind of in that same middle of the road situation. You know, Bradford. I, I don't. I'm not sold on him. He's he's not. You know, playing extremely well, and and uh, you know, they're, they're the league needs to get some definite some young quarterbacks. I mean, Andrew Luck and RG three and Russell Wilson, that's great. But you know, you look at uh, Tom Brady, uh, Peyton Manning, they're on the back half of their careers, uh, on their on their way out. Um, well, Peyton, you know, there, there's, yeah, there, there's definitely a kind of a middle of the road just just average quarterbacks where, yeah, once you get, um, you know, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, you you don't get too far down the list before it's everybody's all in a big group. Like you're saying, is it, 
you know, uh, Ponder, Tannehill, um, uh, Cam Newton, Bradford. Alex you know, is there Smith. really that much space in between these guys? Yeah, Alex Smith, Kevin Cobb. I mean, there's just there's some terrible quarterback play in the league. Uh, Ponder has the advantage of having Adrian Peterson. Yeah. So he doesn't, and even Toby Gerhardt is a serviceable backup to Adrian Peterson. So yeah, he doesn't Gerhardt's have to a good be one that great. Yep. Well, and it's you know there's nobody in the in the draft this year to go take. So the the Vikings can ride out this year with Ponder, see what they get out of him, and and what the draft you know holds in the next year. It's not like they're pressed to make a move this season. There's not even an option for them. Well, so you uh, think? I, what, go ahead. I, I was just wondering what what do you think about changing uh, the exchange of of Harvin for Jennings? They're they're different players for sure. Um, different types of receivers, at least in my mind. Um, you think the addition of Jennings is going to help Ponder's development? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. I, uh, well, that's a tough one. Percy Harvin, yeah. uh, he, he was so dimensional uh, as far as uh, – Returning kicks, punts. Uh, I, I think Jennings is going to help. You know, it kills me to have a another Packer on the team, but <laughs> I think there there were so many downsides to Harvin. He barely practiced because of the migraines. Is constantly injury prone. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, for what he wanted in terms of monetary value, I'll take uh, I'll take Greg Jennings any any day. There were also reports that the Vikings offered Mike Wallace more money than than what the Dolphins eventually mm-hmm. paid him. But when you get right down to it, the Wallace signed a sixty million dollar contract with the Dolphins. And the Vikings picked up Jennings for forty-seven million, less guaranteed money. I believe that Jennings is the overall better player. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think and, he. Um, I think he's more reliable. Like you're not only with the injuries, but um, you know when you send Jennings out in the pattern, I think you're. you're uh, at least I have more confidence he's going to come down with the ball than than Harvin. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's a lot of Vikings fans that won't agree with me, but we can pick up Randy Moss for dirt cheap. He still owns a house in Minnesota. Right. So. So one year left, and then. Uh, we're gonna we're obviously gonna draft probably Keenan Allen or 
the guy from West Virginia. Mm-hmm. I can't think of his name right Tavon now. Austin. Yeah. Tavon Tavon Austin. Yep. Yeah, there's definitely yeah. some some wide receivers to be had. You know, in, in those two slots down there at about twenty three, twenty five, you can pick up wide receiver, some defense. Um, you know, and looking at looking at the Vikings, you know, depth chart right here. I think you're going to see a lot of two tight end sets with Rudolph and Carlson and and Jennings there and whoever they pick up in the draft with Peterson in the backfield. I, I think that's going to be, um, you know, their their set for the for the season. Right. I, I, I really think that Rudolph is going to separate himself this year. Yeah. Unbelievable hands. Unbelievable. So. I I I think that Kyle Rudolph's gonna help Ponder's development probably more than anybody else that he can throw to. Mm-hmm. So uh, that remains to be seen, but from what I've seen in his first two years, I great with him. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's the, the uh, Patriots are showing what you can do with solid tight end play and, and how that helps the quarterback out. Absolutely. And I, and I think that trend is going to spread throughout the league as well. Yeah. Yep. So. Definitely a copycat. Definitely a copycat league for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, Corey's work for, for those listening is, is available on the website, footballextrapoints.com. Do you, do you want to give everybody your uh, Twitter handle so they can follow you and yeah, it's All your at Y2Kason. That's the letter Y, the number two, C-A-S-O-N. All right. Well, uh, appreciate the call and uh, look forward to for everybody to follow your work on the site. All right. Take care, man. All right. Thanks, Corey. Bye. All right. Well, that was uh, Corey Kason, one of our staff writers at uh, Football Extra Points and just talking about the uh, – you know, quarterback situation around the league as uh, he covers the Vikings for us and, and you know, feels like uh, the Vikings are, are set for now with with uh, with Ponder. You know, he, he didn't use the word uh, game manager, but, you know, he's, he's one that needs to take care of the ball, get it out, uh, play action with a- Adrian Peterson. You can pretty much do whenever you want. It's a given. I've uh, got some tight ends in there to to make the the plays, but you know once once you get out of that upper echelon, I, I wrote some articles uh, earlier in the off season uh, about Tim Tebow even, and everybody has an opinion on him, but I just think watching him play that you can do. There's so many quarterbacks that that started games this past season that uh, you know I think Tim Tebow could could get on the field somewhere, so. If you're sitting in, uh, you know, Minnesota, Tampa, St. Louis, you've got some of these middle-of-the-road quarterbacks, um, you know, where where are you going to go? I mean, Oakland's traded for a guy that was a backup who who had a, a lot of potential coming out of Green Bay, so he signed with Seattle, got replaced by a third-round rookie quarterback. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens there, and, um, you know, just to kind of close out the the quarterback conversation, Tony Romo signed the big contract, big controversial contract, 55 million guaranteed. 
I think it topped at 106 or 108, which in the NFL doesn't really mean anything. It's all pretend money outside of the guaranteed. Um, so, the, you know, I think I think everybody had an initial reaction, the same one I did, which was, you know, what what are the Cowboys doing? Why are they signing Tony Rome to this monster contract? And, you know, there's a couple of things that the Cowboys have going on. One is they're cap-strapped, uh, one of the worst in the league. They had to do something to free up some cap space, so they had to rework Romo's deal. Um, did they have to pay him this much money? Definitely, I don't think so. Um, but, you know, just like the Ponder conversation or uh, the Tannehill conversation or some of these other ones, where are they going to go? You know, they could have ridden it out another year and maybe gotten somebody in the draft. Um, but this isn't the first time the Cowboys have overpaid. I think, you know, as a Lions fan, I look back at when they traded for Roy Williams and, and, and the Lions unloaded him off their books. And I think the the week they made the trade or two days after they made the trade, they signed him to a $54 million contract extension. And I know every Lions fan I knew was, was just rolling on the floor laughing because Roy Williams had not proven himself at all as a, a wide receiver in my mind. Um, and for, for the Cowboys, the trade for him and then um, make that huge signing uh, extension was just, just crazy. And I don't, you know, I don't know about the Tony Romo deal. It's a lot of money to tie up into that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't won a, a playoff game. Where are they going to go? What are they going to do? Are they going to trade for Matt Flynn? Are they going to bring on uh, Jason Campbell? Are they going to get a Carson Palmer? You know, Tony Romo, is, again, for me, is in that middle-of-the-road quarterback situation. You know, once you get out of Aaron Rodgers, um, Tom Brady, um, Drew Brees, some of these guys, uh, you know, where are you going to go? Who, who's you're in that middle twenty of the league with just just guys that play quarterback, Tannehill, uh, Alex Smith, Cam Newton. You know, Roethlisberger's up towards the back end of that kind of top end situation. Eli's at the back end of that top situation. You know, Jay Cutler. I I don't think I'd take Jay Cutler over Tony Romo. Yeah, Cutler's got this big, huge arm, and and uh, you know everybody talks about that, but I think he's got a bad attitude. And when things start going bad, it's almost like he uh, he forces the ball and and just just ends up making it a whole lot worse than it is. So um, you know, we'll see. I, I think the Cowboys are a lightning rod. Everybody's gonna gonna pick apart what they're doing. Uh, I think they. You know, could have maybe restructured and tried next year to to give him an extension, but they decided to hitch the wagon to him. They had a lot of other problems they need to deal with. They've got offensive line problems. They've got defensive problems. Um, so it's not it's not on all Romo when they don't win the games, but they need to get him some help. And and I touched on that in in one of my articles. You know, they they've got to do something to help him out. And and if they don't, they're they're not going to go anywhere. Right now, uh, with their draft situation, 
I've got them, you know, they're they're right there at 18. I've got them taking a, a guard, Jonathan Cooper, if he's still around at that point in the draft. You've also got some defensive help there. Alec Ogletree's in that neighborhood. Uh, Ezekiel is kind of moving up quickly, so I don't know if he's going to be in that neighborhood. So, you know, we'll see where they end up in, in the draft. So, um, so interesting, you know, we've got all this quarterback stuff going on. And uh, and it's just interesting as the league's trying to move all this stuff through and and uh, see what's going on there. So um, you know it's it's uh, interesting time in, in the league. A couple other free agent moves and, and some free agents that are hanging out there. OCU Manure to the Falcons. I think that's an outstanding signing for the Falcons. One of their glaring weaknesses as their team that could prevent them from going to the Super Bowl was defensive end rushing the quarterback. I think they've got one of the premier guys. He's going to get after the quarterback. They're going to cut him loose and uh, send him after the quarterback. So I think that's great. Another guy in that uh, in that mold um, that's still on the market, Dwight Freeney. Uh, you know, he had a lot of good years in, in uh, Indianapolis. He's a, he's a defensive end. They tried him at this 3-4 outside linebacker, but that, that just didn't work. And, you know, as a Lions fan myself, I would love to see him in Detroit. Um, Detroit needs some defensive end help. They need they need some players. Uh, he can step right in and, and play defensive end for them. So I think that's uh, that's a great great uh, great fit for him. So you know we'll see. We're we're down to these kind of last trailer uh, defensive or uh, free agents around the league. You've got these veteran guys or guys with injuries that are just kind of floating around and. Um, trying to land on a spot, and I think somebody like Dwight is probably going to wait till after the draft, see what what's available, and go land somewhere. Somebody may end up signing him, but I mean, at this point, um, he's going to pick his exact right spot, and, and I think Detroit's the exact spot. Uh, the Lions could go defensive end there at number five in the draft. You've got. Uh, Ezekiel Alonzo sitting out there, people like to talk about. You got Deion Jordan sitting out there, people like to talk about. You also got Bjorn Werner sitting out there that people like to talk about. So um some options there, but we'll see. We'll see where we go. So uh, you're listening to Football Extra Points on uh, RF Sports Radio. We're gonna go ahead and take a quick commercial break and then come back on the other side, continue our conversation on the draft. We've got uh, Chris with uh, the Draft Insider getting ready to come on here on the other side of the break and talk about um, his mock draft and and where we're going for the draft. So uh, we'll go ahead and step away for a minute, and uh, we'll be back on the other side.
the lights ever. This is RF with the RF Sports Radio Show. Do you have a business, a product, a service, or a website, and you need more customers? Advertise with the fastest-growing Internet sports radio show and market your business to sports fans worldwide. Don't miss a unique opportunity to capitalize on the biggest marketing genre in the world. Email me at rfsportsradio at gmail.com. That's rfsportsradio at gmail.com. We have options for every budget, and don't let business pass you by. Our job is to make you better, to make all athletes better, one great innovation at a time. great athletic innovation isn't available just yet, but it's being built at Under Armour right now. All right, welcome back to Football Extra Points on our sports radio. I'm your host, Scott King. Uh, you're listening to us uh, talk about the NFL this evening. So if you'd like to join the conversation, the number is 323-927-2906. I've been talking about the quarterback moves this, this week and, and today, especially with uh, Romo signing and uh, Matt Flynn moving around. You've got Jason Campbell moving around, Colt McCoy moving around. So a lot going on there. Also some free agent stuff. So uh, we're going to be uh, diving into the draft uh, a little more in detail here in a few minutes. We've got uh, Chris with Draft Insider coming on and going to share his latest mock draft. Everybody that's putting these mock drafts together are really scrambling, I think, today to, to kind of reassess and, and shift things around see some people that had uh, Oakland there at the top taking a, a quarterback. I think at this point uh, with them picking up Flynn, they're going to move on from the quarterback situation and uh, try to figure something else out. Uh, Philly's kind of a, a wild card. We'll have to talk to Chris about that, you know, see where they're going at the quarterback situation, what Jacksonville's doing. I mean, you look at these uh, – let's just take a look at the top ten since we're talking about um, the draft and quarterbacks and, and where these teams are at. So starting at the top of the draft, Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs uh, terrible quarterback situation last year. Uh, the the Matt Castle experiment, experiment was over. Um, that's a team with some talent. Um, they've got Jamal Charles in the backfield, Dwayne Bowe, got some talent on defense. And uh, uh, Moyaki there at tight end, when he can stay healthy, he's he's a solid player. And they just weren't able to uh, to get it done. Bad quarterback play there at the top of the draft. Jacksonville, 
a um, little bit more of a of a talentless team than Kansas City. Still, they don't have their quarterback situation figured out there at the top of the draft. You know, what are they going to do with this Blaine Gabbert situation? Oakland at number three. Uh, Carson Palmer, not the answer. I actually thought they were going to go the Terrell Pryor route. Um, he looked pretty good in their last game of the season. Athletic quarterback. He's got some baggage, immaturity issues. Um, but, again, another team with a bad quarterback situation at the top of the draft. Philly, number four. They had their quarterback. They saw it, figured out, and Vic. Uh, injuries and underperformance and and, and Foles not panning out, um, put them at the top of the draft. Detroit, that, that's the first team we get to that has their quarterback situation figured out um, here at the top end of the draft. Stafford is a solid uh, franchise, top 10 quarterback, putting up some big numbers. There's a team with a lot of other holes, offensive line, running back, defense, uh, put them at the top of the draft. Uh, Cleveland, number six. Uh, top of the draft there. Brandon Whedon, not the answer quarterback, didn't think he was coming out of Oklahoma. You know, these guys that go and play baseball and then come back don't really pan out at quarterback. Uh, you had Chris Winkie, you know, Heisman Trophy winner, back for Florida State, didn't really pan out either. Um, so you got the Browns at the top of the draft. Cardinals, just a revolving door at quarterback, could never get anything figured out. Um, you know, really just a, a terrible quarterback situation there at the top of the draft as well. Um, Buffalo, they thought they had Ryan Fitzpatrick. They they were a team that, that I actually had in the playoffs last year. Uh, they've got some talent. They've got um, running back talent. They've got um, some wide receiver talent. But Fitzpatrick just didn't pan out. They gave him a monster contract, and then poof, he's out the door. Um, and number nine, the, the Jets. I mean, you know, what can you say? Sanchez, um, Tebow, they just can't figure out their quarterback situation. That's put them at the top. And and then number 10, Tennessee, you know, where are they at in, in their quarterback situation? Is Locker the answer? They had Hasselback. He was really, um, you know, showed some veteran skills there from time to time, but um, just overall um, don't have their quarterback situation figured out. So, you know, in a day when we're talking about all this quarterback movement, you look at the top end of the draft, and and there's exactly why these teams are up there. And the common theme is is bad quarterback play. The other thing that we talked about earlier in the show, which is highlighted here, is all these teams making moves, plugging their quarterback hole situation because they don't want to take Geno Smith. Now you've got Kansas City, Oakland. Uh, Cleveland, Arizona, and Buffalo, all in the top eight. Even the Jets, you can throw in the Jets with the signing of uh, of uh, Garrard. All these teams have made moves to, to to solve their quarterback situation before the draft. So what does that say about these guys coming out? I mean, you've got um, Geno Smith is supposed to be the, the best guy in the draft uh, at the quarterback position, Matt Barkley, a year ago was, you know, going to be one of those top first-round draft picks. He's fallen off the face of the earth. Um, Mike Glennon out of uh, North Carolina State, Ryan Nassib out of Syracuse. You know, the NFL is just not sold on these guys or, or they'd be doing something with them. I mean, you got guys like E.J. Manuel from Florida State. He's getting some talk, but he, he just falls into that sort of 
athletic option quarterback. So this is just a, a really weak year for the for the quarterback position. So be interested to see what uh where Chris <laughs> excuse me thinks guys are gonna go in the in the draft at the quarterback uh position. So uh we'll just have to wait and see. So you're listening to uh football extra points here on our sports radio and uh we're just going through the uh, the off season and getting ready for the draft. We have a, a draft night special on the the night of the first round, April 25th, at, starting at 8 p.m. We're going to be covering the draft live, so make sure you tune in for that. Uh, here on uh, RF Sports Radio, we'll be discussing the draft picks, announcing the picks as they happen, uh, how the, the needs fit the teams, and really we're going to be waiting for that, that one big shocker. You know, where's the... Um, the reach, the Hayward Bay to Oakland at three from a few years back, you know, what are teams going to do that will get our attention. So it's always exciting. The NFL's moved to this multi-night primetime format. So it uh, really makes the draft a, an event. And I know for me it's uh, pretty exciting. So uh, we'll, we'll uh, look forward to to that Um you know, and as we get there, the the free agency has kind of died down. So we've got, you know, a solid three to four weeks where it's just going to be breaking down these pro days now that we've got all those in the books. There's going to be some individual workouts going on and, uh, you know, just kind of cruising to that draft night and, and the coverage that we'll have there. Um, I, I personally, from the TV side, have, have – uh, Moved to the NFL Network. I really like uh, how they, Rich Eisen and uh, Mike Mayock, put together their draft coverage. Um, you know, like like everybody, when ESPN was the only one that had it, I, I used to to watch them. But just from a personal standpoint, I've I've moved over to the NFL Network as far as the the TV side of things go, and I like to watch them and and their breakdown of it. So it'll be an exciting time. Uh, lots of uh, lots of activity for teams. A lot of people will be excited about where their team's heading. So I uh, really look forward to that. Um, but we'll uh, you know continue to kind of look through the the quarterback situation here in the league. I, I broke down the top ten teams in the draft and where they are where they are quarterback wise. You know, starting at eleven, you got Philip Rivers. You know, out there in San Diego talented quarterback showing flashes, but he's getting to the point in his career where you start to wonder, you know, is he going to be able to take his team, <coughs> excuse me, deep into the playoffs? Do you have enough talent around him, or is he getting to that point in his career where things are going to start trailing off for him? And then, um, you know, he's going to end up just having a solid career, but, but never really going anywhere. Number 12, uh, in the draft, we've got uh, the Miami Dolphins. Their quarterback situation, they seem to be pretty happy with Ryan Tannehill. think it's still uh, uh, an open question, and we'll have to see you know, where they go this year, how his development is. I think the signing of Wallace really helps them out and gives them an opportunity uh, to give him a pretty solid target. So we'll have to see where, where Miami goes. Um this next year and his development and, and how that works out for him. Um, the next one is Tampa. 
you know, they've got the new quarterback or the new coach came in last year, gave them a lot of, uh, I think, discipline and really helped them out there. And now you've got Josh Freeman, who's continuing to grow. He's, he was a uh, pretty high, you know, praise for him as a rising star and struggled a little bit last year. At 14, we've got Cam Newton right up the street here from me. Um, struggled a little bit last year as a sophomore. I think people really forgot, you know, last year everyone's talking how RG3 and Russell Wilson were just changing the game and no one's seen anything like them ever in 20 years in the league or, or whatever. I guess people have a really short memory because Cam Newton just came in and tore up the league his rookie year two years ago. He's uh, bigger and stronger than either one of those guys and was really on on uh, uh, pace to, to have a great first couple of years. Took a step back last year, so we'll have to see what they can do. Carolina has probably the worst cap situation in the league and have done absolutely nothing to help him out. So I, th- I think that's going to be a struggle for them. New Orleans, obviously, they're, they're solid at their quarterback situation. Uh, Drew Brees is, is one of the best in the business. And as we get down to this sort of second half of the draft, you've got uh, these teams, Pittsburgh, Dallas, Giants, Bears, uh, Bengals, Packers, Houston, Denver, New England, Atlanta, San Fran, Baltimore, they all have their quarterback situation straight. So no surprise there that they're at the back half of the of the draft of the uh, draft. And and in this league, if you've got your quarterback situation straight, then then you're in good shape. All right, well it looks like we have uh uh Chris from Draft Insider on the line. And uh <clears throat> good evening, Chris. Thanks for joining us. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. Great, great, no problem. Just been uh kind of talking about the 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 whole off season tonight and and focused in on the the quarterback situation with all these guys moving around and and uh Flynn to Oakland and and Cobb to Buffalo and and now it sounds like Palmer to Arizona and a little earlier in the show I I went through the top 10 uh teams in the draft and pointed out the fact that almost all of them have question marks at the quarterback position and how that's not uh, a coincidence that they're at the top end of the draft. But at the same time, they've all moved to do something to address the quarterback position right now in free agency and not in the draft, with the exception of a few teams, Jacksonville, Philly, um, and the Jets. And just wanted to um, get your thoughts on the, the quarterback situation in the draft this year and then uh, touch on your your latest mock draft and go through kind of the top ten you've got right now. Well, yeah, I mean, before we move on uh, with that, I, I did see Adam Schefter tweeted that there's a deal in place for the Browns to send Colt McCoy to the 49ers uh, so he can back up Colin Kaepernick, which I thought was a pretty interesting move. Uh, you know, personally, Colt McCoy has a, a decent skill set that he can bring to the Niners and be a pretty pretty good backup quarterback there. So I wanted to mention that as well. Yep, definitely. And and Jason Campbell, I think late last week signed there with the Browns, so looks like they uh they're gonna go with Whedon and Campbell and, and their quarterback situation. Yeah, and I think when you look at this draft, I mean you can you can easily say that six or seven of the top ten teams of the teams picking in the top ten have quarterback concerns. Uh 
you know, the Jaguars certainly have a concern with Blaine Gabbert not really uh, panning out as a quarterback at the next level. The Raiders obviously have just acquired Matt Flynn, but Matt Flynn really hasn't uh, proven himself as a guy that can be the long-term answer. I think that, you know, he's a guy that's worth a shot, uh, and that's why they traded for him. And, but, you know, but when you look at the Raiders, the Jaguars, the Eagles aren't certainly set at quarterback. I mean, Michael Vick is nearing the end of his rope as far as uh, what he can do as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, the Browns obviously have always had uh, concerns, but I think that they are, like you said, going to go into next season with Brandon Whedon as their quarterback. And, and the Arizona Cardinals, the Buffalo Bills, the New York Jets. And you can even make a case for the Tennessee Titans that uh, Jake Locker hasn't really, you know, kind of sprung himself as a, as a legitimate starting quarterback. I think that he needs a little bit more time. But I think, yeah, absolutely. There's seventeen, six or seven teams in the top ten that you know you could literally say that they could definitely go for a new quarterback heading into next season. So it's a pretty interesting uh, thing to look at when you're looking at this draft. I don't think you're going to see more than two, maybe three quarterbacks go in the first round. I think you know after uh, Geno Smith, who I certainly think will go uh, first as you know the first quarterback taken out first overall. But then I think EJ Manuel could slip in in the first round. And Matt Barkley. I think Matt Barkley could also find himself being taken in the first round. One team that I think could surprise everybody, just like they did two years ago, uh, is the Minnesota Vikings. I think they do have Christian Ponder and Matt Castle, but I think when you look at the Vikings, if they can get a guy like E.J. Manuel or Matt Barkley in the first round there uh, with one of those two picks, I, I think that it's going to be hard for them to pass up on. Because I honestly don't think that they're set with uh, Christian Ponder, and I don't think Matt Castle wows anybody there. Yeah, Castle definitely, I think, uh, for me, at least, prove that the New England Patriots have an outstanding system for their quarterback. Uh, Brady, uh, not to take anything away from Tom Brady, obviously, but you know the fact that Castle stepped in and performed so well, I think, is more of a of a attribute to the the team and the system that they run in New England than any kind of skill set that Matt Castle has at quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, you know, I think there's, and I think a multitude of quarterbacks could have done what Matt Castle did in New England. So, uh, again, not to take anything away from Tom Brady, he's in a different league but, than Matt Castle, but uh, I think there's at least 10 quarterbacks that, you know, in the league right now that are backups that could have done what Matt Castle did. Yep. Well, one thing I wanted to uh, touch on tonight is your latest mock draft, and and uh, not sure if you want to start from the top down or, or go from 10 down to 1, but um, – just taking a look at it here now. If you want to uh, go through that, and we can talk about some of these picks. Yeah, at one over at first overall with the Chiefs, I have them taking Luke Jokel, the offensive tackle from Texas A&M. I think that he, I've had him as my best player available for quite some time now. I think that he gives them a lot of stability at that left tackle position. I think when you draft him, you're going to play him at right tackle for at least next year because you have Brandon Albert on that franchise tag. You're paying him a lot of money, and you're going to play him on the left tackle to protect your quarterback, which is Alex Smith. So I think that's a solid pick. I think he gives you a better long-term solution than uh, Brandon Albert. I think Brandon Albert's uh, no longer going to be with the Chiefs after this season. He already didn't show up to the voluntary workouts today, albeit it is voluntary. It doesn't look too good when he doesn't show up to them, especially being a veteran. Second overall, I have Geno Smith, uh, the quarterback from West Virginia, going to the Jaguars. I've talked to a lot of Jaguars beat writers on Twitter. Uh, you know, they really like Geno Smith. You know, from the guys that I've talked to, they like Geno Smith. They think that he has a swagger and, and a skill set that, you know, the Jaguars are really looking for. They didn't get out of Blaine Gabbert. And, you know, Geno Smith is a guy that is obviously the best quarterback available in this draft. You know, he's a versatile quarterback. He can run. He doesn't like to, but he certainly can run. So he gives them that option to run, you know, that read option type offense, that spread option type offense. So, that, you know, that gives them versatility there at second overall. 
<clears throat> excuse me, uh, the Raiders, I have them taking Sheldon Richardson, who is my personal number one defensive tackle on this draft. I know a lot of people are in love with Sharif Floyd. Uh, I'm not as high on Sharif Floyd as a lot of other people, just like I'm not as high on Tank Carradine as a lot of other people that cover the draft. I think Richardson can play and in a 3-4 or D-tackle in a 4-3. He's very, he's one of the most athletic defensive linemen I've ever scouted, and I think that he's a great pick there at three. The Eagles, I struggle with this pick. I had them, I think I crossed out five different names at this pick at fourth overall, but I ended up with them taking Eric Fisher from Central Michigan. I think Fisher is right there, 1A, 1B with Luke Jokel. Uh, Fisher is, is extremely good in, in the run game, and he's a great pass blocker as well. But I think that, you know, with Jason Peters coming off that Achilles injury, I think that they need to solidify that left tackle position, especially with what they've gone through with Michael Vick. Uh, you, you can say Michael Vick is a reason for a lot of their turnovers, but you can't say he's the reason for all of them. You know, I think that that offensive line uh, is a big problem there in Philadelphia, and they need to solidify that if they want to move the ball down the field. Uh, Fitz overall, Do you think – just to jump in there real quick, do you think the Eagles at four are in the market for a quarterback, or do you think they're going to go more the top end of the second round and see who's who's still floating around there? Well, I've talked to a few people that cover the Eagles. Uh, I actually live in Pennsylvania, not too far from Philadelphia myself, and I've talked to a couple guys that, that work at the Philadelphia radio station cover the Eagles. They like, uh, from what they're hearing, the Eagles like E.J. Manuel. Uh, Chip, Chip Kelly loves E.J. Manuel. He thinks he's a great player. He thinks he can fit his system. I don't think you're going to take E.J. Manuel at fourth overall. If the Eagles really want E.J. Manuel, uh, I think maybe they trade back out of four, maybe get themselves a, a, another pick, uh, you know, later in the draft, you know, to stockpile some picks. And maybe you take E.J. Manuel uh, in the middle late first round. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened at all. I, I do think they are in the market for a quarterback. I don't think Nick Foles. I think what they would like to do is trade Nick Foles' fourth pick, possibly second or third round, which I think second round is a stretch for Nick Foles, in my opinion. But I think if they're going to take a guy like E.J. Manuel, they're going to want to push themselves back in the draft to get some more picks uh, because, you know, you're, you're not going to want to take a guy like E.J. Manuel fourth overall. Right. And then, uh, first yeah. overall, I have the Lions, your Lions, taking Ziggy Ansah. Now, this was really hard for me because I have a lot of concerns about Ansah. He hasn't played a lot of football. He doesn't have the production as much as he has the potential. But I think that if, if there's two teams in the top ten, if they're going to reach on a guy with a lot of potential, it's going to be Jim Schwartz and it's going to be Rex Ryan. And I have them taking two guys that have a lot more potential than they have production. And I think that Ansah uh, is a great pick. He's got great size. He showed a lot of production in the senior bowl, but that's only one week. Uh, there's guys that have shown production over three, four years that Ansa hasn't shown. It's a huge risk, but I think if it pays off, Jim Schwartz doesn't look like a genius taking Ansa at fifth overall. Yeah, I'm very uh, – I've seen him jumping up the draft boards, and, and the Lions have a lot of holes to fill. Um, you know, on, on both sides of the ball, they've got offensive line issues. They've got – um, so I don't know how, but they still have wide receiver issues, defensive end, and and the uh, defensive backfield. So they've got so many holes to fill. They need they need starters all over the field. Um, yeah, I'm not actually I'm not sold on Riley Reese as a left tackle. Um, just just concerns me a little bit. I think he's probably more like a right tackle. So. Um, you know, if Eric Fisher were to slide back there to number five, I'd I'd rather see him take him. But I, I agree with you. This, you know, Ziggy has got this this great ceiling, and everybody's excited and wants him to be the next Jason Pierre-Paul. But 
you know, I, I just can't handle another uh, another Mike Williams or, or something in Detroit where, where the guy just flames out. Yeah, the thing about Ansai is the one thing that, that makes it comfortable for the Lions is they coached him at the Senior Bowl. So, you know, they know what type of player they're getting on draft day when they take him and he holds up that Lions jersey. They know they know exactly, uh, you know, what they've worked with and what you know how they can mold him. And the thing about guys like Ansai and Mingo, and especially a guy like Cordero Patterson, is you're getting a ball of clay that you can essentially mold into whatever it is you want them to be. You know, when you get a guy like Manti Teo, you're pretty much getting who he's going to be for the next 10 years. Uh, so I think it is a high risk, but again, you know, sometimes with high risk, there comes high reward. Um, and I'll just finish up the next couple picks here. The Browns I have taking D. Milner from Alabama. I think that if they were to take a guy like Milner to pair with Joe Hayden, uh, they already have a good front seven. I think that they would literally – put themselves in contention to be one of the top five, ten defenses in the NFL next season. Uh, the Cardinals, uh, there's talk that they're looking at a quarterback in the first round, but I'll tell you this right now, before they even think about getting a quarterback, uh, they need to solidify that offensive line because that offensive line is nothing short of putrid and embarrassing. So they need to get themselves an offensive line. I have them taking Lane Johnson from Oklahoma. Uh, I think he'd be a great fit for them. I think he's athletic enough to play the left tackle position. I think that he would be a really good value there at seven. The Bills, I have them taking a raw product in, in Cordell Patterson. Uh, Stevie Johnson has been clamoring for the Bills to bring in a lot of playmakers to help him out. Uh, and I think Patterson is one of the, the, the most raw playmakers and natural playmakers in this draft, and I think that would be a great value for them at eight. At nine, I have them just taking uh, Barkevius Mingo, the outside linebacker from LSU. Uh, I think they do need to add some more defenders that they lost and, and released a lot of veteran defenders this year. They need to get younger on defense. And Mingo provides a lot of spark and potential for them at that outside linebacker position. And then finally, uh, 10th overall, I have the Titans taking Chance Warmack, who, in my opinion, uh, is the best guard available and probably the best overall lineman available. Uh, he's right there neck and neck with Luke Jokel for me. He can play the left or right guard. And if you pair him with Andy Levitre, I think you solidified the inside of your offensive line for at least the next five years. Yeah, the Titans definitely need to do uh, do something there to to clean things up. Because I I watched uh, I had Chris Johnson in my fantasy league last year and watched a lot of Titans games and and they just weren't even trying to run the ball. Their offensive line just wasn't able to open holes and and help them out at all. So, uh, well that that's uh, a great look there at the top ten. So so come draft night. Which one of these teams, or, or what's a name that, um, you know, if somebody makes a move, you're just going to be shocked? So let's say, you know, is it is it Jacksonville at two going Matt Barkley instead of Geno Smith? What, what's kind of your, um, I guess, best guess at, at something crazy off the wall happening here in, in about uh, three weeks? Um, that's a tough question. I think when you look at the top ten, there's so many – pieces that can move around. I think if there was one thing that would shock me, uh, and, and with this draft and this draft class, uh, it really wouldn't shock me at the end of the day. But a team like the Raiders or the Eagles, I think if they were to jump up to number one and then give the Chiefs a couple picks to move to that spot to take Geno Smith, I think that would be a little bit of a surprise uh, because obviously the, you don't expect the Chiefs to take Geno Smith because they just traded for Alex. Uh, I, I think that would be a little bit of a surprise. Maybe even a team like the Buffalo Bills or the Cleveland Browns were to move up. Um, you know, one of those teams in the top ten, you know, are going to try and get a quarterback. And I think that at this point, with so much 
uh, of the smoke coming out of Jacksonville with Geno Smith, I think that you're going to have to jump to number one. If the smoke starts to turn to fire, you're going to have to jump to number one and get yourself that quarterback that you want. And I think if a team like the Raiders or the, or the, or the Eagles were to, were to move up, I think that would be a little bit of a shocker to me. Mm-hmm. And if and if Matt Barkley's name's called in, in the first first ten picks here, what's the most likely landing spot? Do you think, or is that even not even? There's nothing that would surprise me in this draft. I mean, we saw Christian Ponder go 11th overall. Uh, I'm sorry, 12th overall a couple of years ago. Uh, we I, I saw Blaine Gabbard. Uh, Blaine Gabbard went a lot higher than I expect, had expected him going into the draft. Uh, I think he was extremely overvalued and overhyped, and obviously that turned out to be true as he had done nothing in the NFL worth noting. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, Matt Barkley, the thing about Matt Barkley is he gets hammered for what happened at uh, USC last year. you got to remember, USC had one of the worst defenses in the Pac-12, and people seem to forget that because a lot of it happened. A lot of people want to remember the fact that Barkley passed on the NFL to come back for a senior season. So uh, I think Matt Barkley to the Cardinals uh, wouldn't be a surprise. Uh, Matt Barkley to the Bills or even the Jets wouldn't be a surprise. But uh, you know, I think that if, if you want a guy like Matt Barkley, I think you can get him outside the top ten, unless a, a desperate team in you know one of those last three or four picks in the top ten really wants him. I think they're just going to take him. Okay, great. Well, I appreciate the the call, Chris. You, your uh, uh, your website and Twitter handle, if you want to hand those out, so everybody can follow you uh, as we get closer to the draft. Yeah, you can head over to Rideau. All of our draft information, our prospect profiles, our rankings, our big board over at www.withthefirstpick.com. And you can always follow us on Twitter at, at Draft Insider. All right, great. Well, I appreciate the call, Chris. Thanks for uh, joining us tonight. Great. Thanks, Scott. Have a good night. Yep, you too. All right, that was uh, Chris from Draft Insider. He's... Uh, uh, been able to join us tonight last last few shows and and just a great take on the draft must follow on twitter and uh a must read on on his site there so uh anybody that's interested in the draft and where their teams are heading it's uh it's definitely a must must follow and and get his take so uh tonight's show has really been themed about the quarterback and uh with all the moves and and uh and everything so uh we really kind of focused in on the quarterback position and that's what drives the nfl now so um you know it's uh kind of fitting with all the activity going on uh, for the extra point this week i wanted to touch on you know big shocker another quarterback situation and that's just to go back and touch on this uh tony romo contract the 55 million guaranteed i think 108 um overall was the number quoted but uh 106 108 that that number doesn't really mean anything what i thought was interesting and, and something i just wrote a little bit about on the site was the Justin Verlander uh, Detroit Tigers baseball contract 180 million guaranteed was announced right around the same time if not the same day as the uh, Romo contract and you know that right there in those two contracts you can contrast the two leagues you've got uh baseball top pitcher mvp um you know best best player in the game by far there for the tigers uh and he gets a 180 million fully guaranteed contract which is what baseball does there's no salary cap so they can just write these contracts for whatever they want so justin verlander is locked in for 180 million dollars period uh romo on the other hand, they, they quote these $106, $106 million numbers 
in reality, he's going to make $55 million off this contract. It's structured in a way to ease the, the Cowboys' hit on the salary cap. Romo's not, you know, obviously not the best player in the game, the best quarterback in the game. You know, if we sit down and rank him, he's probably going to land maybe number 10, maybe a little bit higher. But, you know, you can compare these two contracts side by side, and baseball's just got money to burn. And and this contract's an example of why, um, you know, baseball has this upside-down situation with teams with, with tons and tons of money. And then I've heard numbers, um, I think it was the, the Astros' total salary cap this year is like $20 million or something absurd. And, uh, you know, some of these other teams in baseball have contracts, you know, two or three players with bigger contracts than that. So just uh, just the way to look at uh, um, the, the contracts, it was interesting to me that these two contracts came out at the same time. You know, good for Tony Romo. Personally, he made the money. Um, you know, Cowboys probably overpaid, could have waited a year, but needed to restructure, and there's nobody out there. So not a big shot. So great show for tonight. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, thanks to Corey, uh, Football Extra Point staff writer, for calling in. Uh, make sure you check out his work on the draft and, and Chris with uh, Draft Insider for calling in and giving his take. Don't forget about the live draft show, April 25th. 8 p.m. right here on uh, our sports radio. We're going to be breaking it down as we go. And uh, we'll be back next week talking about all things NFL and getting ready for the draft. So thanks for calling in. Have a great night. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.